Hey Josh! I'm just full of energy and buzz and caffeine. I don't know if it's the 74 Red Bulls I just railed or your doorman that asked me 74 increasingly interesting questions, but it took me 37 minutes and 42 seconds to get a parking pass, but I'm here and I'm excited. Hello everyone, welcome to episode, we don't even know what number this is, but uh, by me not pressing record after the first time, Dallas is already on hot take number one. He bottled it in, who knew that I was going to be the one who set him off, but welcome. We have two awesome guests for this week. Uh, Dallas had to jump through some hoops to get in, where you know, I wasn't sure I lived in the best neighborhood, but now I feel safe. I'm glad that you're in your safe space, Josh. As a millennial, as the token millennial, it's nice to know that you're in your safe space. We've produced at least 20 episodes. That means you've been coming here for 20 weeks in a row, and yet you still have to jump through hoops to get in the building. So, you know, I'm just excited. This, you're, you're fired up. I'm feeling safe. I am. The sign with my face on it says, do not let me in, probably doesn't help my case, but I made it in again. Ah. Yeah. Anywho, we have two awesome guests this week. Uh, they share similar resumes where both of them played for the Ottawa Mavericks Volleyball Club. High performance out of the Mavericks. There you go. We'll figure out which name they were. If they were the Black Jacks or the, I don't know, there's the Mustangs. Jack, or the Jack the, Blacks? Who could be. Um, they both played at the University of Toronto. And Only they, one name with the University of Toronto. Varsity Blues. Varsity who? <laughs> and have both played in the one volleyball league where they can both claim a championship. I know it's only a 14 league, but it's still a really hard league to win every year. Yeah, that's only a 25% chance of winning. It's harder than you think, Dale. Have you won one? Haven't even played in one. <laughs> the team I was with, we were dead last in the regular season, and then where we had two swings to win the final. So it shows how, you know, really competitive the league is, or the regular season doesn't matter until money's on the line. Yeah. Anyways, and also, we're going to talk about PC Games, because one of them was just there in, oh gosh, Italy. Yeah. It was in Italy this year. We spent some time in Vancouver with the women's national team. So let's welcome to the show, Sophia Courier and Aline Dorman. Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, sorry for the double take there, but we did get Dallas to boil over, so maybe it was worth it. Uh, <laughs> good, so let's get into it. Um, well, I guess what's most recent. So, Alina, you just returned from PC Games, uh, and you both played in the One Volleyball League. So, basically, how's your offseason from U of T going so far? You know, it's been pretty busy. I know um, we sort of kicked things off with the One Volleyball League uh, with the showcase, and then you get drafted for that. Um, uh, U of T plays beach uh, every day, so that's Aline plays that. I work. Uh, She's a real money. job. Gotta make some money beach every day. <laughs> but it's, hey, it's don't poo poo that. That was my real job for years. No, I'm <laughs> loving it. I'm loving it. Right? Yeah. Way better than indoor. <laughs> I agree. See, hot take number one. Say that. <laughs> so let's add to that. Some some listeners might not know that. U of T, being a, a varsity program, does have a beach program. So why don't you get into what it's like working with Adriana, how many people are in your group, uh, how you figure out training times, all that good stuff. Sure. So Adriana, who coaches with the national team, runs all of our practice pretty much when she's around. Sometimes she's away, obviously, Pan Am games and stuff, I guess, takes priority. So she's away sometimes, but when she's around, we're on the beach with her every day. And then it's like any U of T girls who want to try playing beach. And then there's just some other people who are like coming into town um, and need beach training can come with us. So it's like a pretty high level group and it's a ton of fun. Obviously Adriana's awesome. A ton of fun. It is so fun. Yeah. And then, yeah, we're just on the beach every day, which you can't really complain about that. So yeah, definitely a good way to spend the off season. Good. I think U of T's produced Heather Bansley, they can take credit for, Olympian. Yeah. Uh, Christina Valius, Olivia. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be more. Charlotte Sider. Charlotte. 
who's representing Canada, uh, Viv Chan, Chan Diane Burrows. Uh, there's a whole bunch. Denise of Wooden. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of players coming through. Kaylee Crookshank. Oh man, Keep Tessa going. Davis. Don't stop now, now. Andy Koss. <laughs> Austin Valles. <laughs> friend of the show, Michael Denton, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I don't think they take credit for the men's side, because then we've got to talk about like Vinstock and everybody else. Christian Redmond was technically a UFT guy for... I never heard of any of those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are they? But it's pretty interesting that a, a competitive indoor program does kind of have an entry point for beach and the players it's produced, and it sounds like a fun environment too, right? Yes, I love it. It's so much fun. I like Adriana's coaching style. Um, I think because there's a bit of a language barrier there, there's no, uh, there's no muff. There's right in no, there. No, it's exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and uh, she came with me to a FIVV event in Poland, and her own, the one coaching thing that she told me, and she looked at me dead in the face, and she goes, you big, you hit, so hit. That was it. <laughs> That's so, exactly what our Italian coach Vincenzo tells me. He goes, Alina, you're a right side. It's easy. Hit the ball hard. <laughs> right? Apparently, you don't need to speak very good English to no. be an extremely good coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leonard accused me of that once. I tried to sugarcoat something. He's like, no, no, don't go all Canadian here. Yeah, Just exactly. say what you're saying here. Just yeah. mean what you say and say what you mean. No nice steps. No, oh, that was my favorite. <laughs> I don't know if she's ever pulled this to you, but I guess in Brazil, they don't say, like, nice touch. Like, if you hit a roll shot yeah. and you run it down and, like, you touch it, but you shank it and don't dig it, like, Canadians be like, oh, nice touch. And I think I said that to someone in a practice match, and she turned to me and she goes, hey, no nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that for sure. It's like, whoa, okay, cutthroat, Adrian. Yeah, she's wild. She always says exactly what you need to Yeah. So right. you need yeah. to be a runner. She, Alina, Usain Bolt, be Usain Bolt, because I have to chase balls on defense. That's all I get this summer. So. And she work with better. the indoor team as well? Or she helps teach our academies to younger athletes because her daughter comes to them. Okay. So, but not really our team during the year because now she has her own head coaching job. Yeah, she's, she's with Centennial. Yeah. So she's pretty busy. Good. So we'll circle back to UT later in the show because that kind of leads into preseason. But I did want to cover uh, one volleyball, kind of what you guys thought of the level or that experience. Uh, being returning varsity athletes, does that league really help you in the summer, kind of keep sharp and play against, I guess there's there's current professionals in the one volleyball league, right? So the level's got to be good. Yeah, honestly, I played last year in it, and I think it improved my passing a lot. Um, the serves were just at that next level, like from varsity. Uh, the girls, it was, it was a faster speed than what I was used to. It was nice to sort of get thrown in there. And as a, I was second year varsity athlete last year, and it really boosted my confidence to know I could play with these girls who have continued to the next level so it was it was a ton of fun they really liked to celebrate and just kind of keep it light out there it wasn't it was a serious competitive game but we did like to make some jokes and have some fun with the other teams because you you know all the girls uh, so it was it was it was good yeah and it's fun that it's like a, a high level but it's still like everyone's just trying to play ball and have fun like it's not too serious at all and then I like being the youngest one on the team again, like going into my fifth year. I'm so old now, but I was like a little baby on this team. So it was so much fun. I was a little energizer bunny. Um, so yeah, that was fun. I had no idea like what the level was going to be. So the fact that it was like pretty high up there was really nice. So you've played uh, a bunch of international events. How does that compare to like what you've seen at junior world championships, BSU? Like where does one volleyball sort of rank in comparison to those events? Obviously training with the women's team too in Richmond. Um, I would say 
like the athleticism is there. It's a bit below in terms of like all those teams we train together for a long time. We have systems. We know where to go on defense. It's a little bit like crisper in terms of like where you're putting your free balls in your defense right. and stuff. So in terms of that, I would say it's a little bit lower. But all the players that have are playing in this league have been able to do that in the past. It's right. now just like a bit more for fun and a bit more relaxed and a bit less on the line. So that's a good way to put it. A bit less on the line. Yeah. Until <laughs> there's money on the line, that's some people really yeah, fire it up. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Because you were on the team about to go to Calgary, right? Uh, Edmonton. Edmonton but Excuse yeah. me. Sorry, the, league, the league is in Calgary. The yeah, final no, was in Edmonton. People, Sorry, now. Yeah. Sorry. And where were you last <laughs> year? I was at West somewhere. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so excited to go to Calgary. It'll be so fun. I was like, you don't even know where we're going. <laughs> Quick, now that I've been to Edmonton, I would gladly take Calgary. I'm sorry. The weather there was terrible. Not bad. <laughs> I don't know. Edmonton, there was hail, okay? Edmonton <laughs> is like Miami Beach compared to Winnipeg. And there's hot take number two. Ah, you Winnipeg, you lose. Yeah, Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg. Gross. Yeah, we used to go there every preseason, and I'd be sad we didn't have like our punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whip us into shape. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to Edmonton. What yes. was the atmosphere there? Because you guys got to be there during the FIB Three Star. Yes. Um, there was just a ton of volleyball stuff going on. What was the atmosphere actually in the gym for your championship final? For our games, it was pretty good. There's basically a full crowd, which I was not expecting at all, considering. Neither of the leagues was played in that city, so that was kind of cool. The Calgary team had, like, so many fans come out because they were, like, tropical-themed. So they had, like, people in, like, beach hats and pool noodles. <laughs> it was so fun. So that was pretty cool. And then, like, the men's team, like, our men's team came and supported us, so that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, I was pretty impressed by the whole organization of it. And then the fact that it was at the same time as the beach tournament was super cool. Cause that was like a lot of fun once we were done playing to just be out in the sun cheering on Canadians who were doing super well. So it was definitely nice to have that all together. Nice. And was there any players you guys were impressed with that you got to see like every week, whether it was somebody on your team or, or an opponent that you're like, wow, I've never heard of this person before, but they are very good. Um, my setter was amazing. Sam Ainsworth. She's getting married next week actually. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, she was like so good. I had like never knew her. I guess she's a bit older than me, but she was amazing. So that was super fun. But yeah, my whole team was really, really good. I don't know. We had such a good time. So I don't know. <laughs> I love them. Um, a girl on my team, she just moved here from the States. She played at Marquette, Julie Jezrowski. Um, her and her husband moved here to start a, the Sweet Oven Bakery. <laughs> it's a butter tart bakery in the beaches. Whoa, we gotta check this out. <laughs> For sure we have to check this out. Yeah. <laughs> We're giving them advertisements. Yeah, she was uh she was really good at the barrel. I, I definitely learned a lot from her playing with her. We sort of split part of the time. So yeah, uh, it was good. And she brought us treats, always welcome. <laughs> good way to make friends. I'm thinking about this bakery now. <laughs> but uh, one volleyball apparently produces nothing but humble people because we had Jackie and Joe on here. Uh, last week or last month or whatever we want to release these episodes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she's getting married next yeah, week. Yeah, could be whatever. And we asked Jackie and Joe who their favorite players were, and they both didn't say themselves. And you both didn't say yourselves. So I guess, I don't know. Who's your favorite player? I mean, it's I'm the best, so yeah, it'd probably be me. Did it, I don't even think Eric Batson said himself. Or did we ask him the one more? I don't think so, but we should have. Nobody wants to take the hot take, the Jackie Moon, and say... Well, basically, I'm the best. So I'm the whole reason this league exists. You know, it's disappointing, really. Before we move on from one volleyball, uh, so if I have to know, what was it like playing for the legend John May? There's got to be some mini <laughs> one-liners, or when he talked about 
it being competitive and fun, I feel like he's the one who's figured out the balance there, right? Yeah, so I played for him last year as well. Um, this year, he actually was trying to find a different head coach, so Christina stepped in for one of the games when he was in Edmonton to do the volleyball entourage thing. Um, yeah, he definitely has a good sense of humor, likes to slide into jokes. He thinks uh, sort of you're too serious and then just have fun, and he, he really gives you some confidence out there as well. Yeah, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> is there a different John May that I'm unaware of? Well, John you play with Garrett, so why don't you share your version of John May? Oh my god, I have never been laid into the way that I have been laid into <laughs> when John May was coaching me. Garrett and I had just won a provincial championship and then lost a practice match the next day, and I think he yelled at us, yelled at us in that like that playground at Ashbridge's Bay yeah. for almost an hour. No. Okay. And I don't think I've been yelled at by a parent, a teacher, wow. anybody the way he peeled into us for losing a third set practice match. This was like a week before we went to Worlds, but that really sets in there. I guess he's laying down the standard, but... Who's <laughs> to? Friend of the show, Aaron Nussbaum. So he gets to walk around and be like, yeah, John we, went off on you because of me. Probably. Yeah, so we had beaten them two straight in the provincial finals, and then we had lost to... I forget who was playing with it at the time. It might have even been Plantinga. But we lost to them in a practice match in three. And John was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. You guys can't even be consistent when you're playing. Like, you know, you're a week out from World Championship. You can't win, like, an effing practice match. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And, like, I don't know if you've had, like, a John May conversation. But he looks, like, <laughs> pinned at you. And he will let you know. Oh, jeez. Totally, totally <laughs> but I guess the John May, you know, yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, got he's little, the one volleyball. Yeah, I got a little soft when he had a couple yeah, games. I don't know. He would say to you, like, I don't know, you're playing terrible right now. I know you can do so much better. You guys are incredible. And then just walk That's away. Nice. That's so, That was his word of advice. He didn't dig you out of the hole, though. He just threw you in the hole. I yeah. wish he would have thrown you out incredible No, I was definitely not incredible. <laughs> Incredibly terrible, maybe. <laughs> Good, I'm glad we can hear both sides there. Hey, yes. I'd love to have John on the show to, to recall that laying into as well. Sometimes, like somehow he's going to twist it into being your fault, though. You know it's somehow going to come off and be like, you're right, John, I was wrong. I was <laughs> wrong there. Probably should have sided it up, John. <laughs> Good, well, thank you for covering the one volleyball part. I do want to cover the Ottawa Mavericks thing, so... Friend of the show, Frank St. Denis, he shares whatever I'm very specific when I want, but he doesn't give away secrets very much. I feel like that's the Ottawa Mavericks way where they know they have a good thing going, but they're not exactly advertising and telling everybody how they do it. So now that we have you know two guests here, we can get to some secrets here. So why don't you explain what Ottawa Mavericks is doing as far as a high-performance standpoint? Because it's it's not just something they put on their website or a t-shirt. They're actually they're doing it. You guys had access to mental training. You had strength conditioning. You had... I don't know, take it from there. You had way more stuff. So tell about, when did you start playing volleyball in the Mavericks program and kind of walk us through kind of the process all the way to 18 years? Yeah, so I started when I was in grade six. Um, I started a year before Alina, actually. Um, uh, when she started in 14U, I started in 13U. I was a year younger. Uh, we Didn't we play on the same team my first year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the beat team. Yeah, we've we played on the way. B team. We've come a long <laughs> way together. Um, yeah, it was good. So definitely the program's changed since then, though. Uh, back then, we were one... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim this. We were one of the first HP sort of teams, I think. Um, 
they sort of started strength and conditioning, the mental training a little bit, uh, some nutrition stuff. But honestly, since then, like six, seven years ago, it's really come a long way. They have a, a really great gym that they work out with now consistently, capital strength. Um, yeah, and they really like emphasized long-term development. Like we were not good in 14U. Like we were not told, we were not allowed to volleyballs over the net if the set wasn't there. Like we had to try and hit them as hard as we could. And like that like later taught us how to fix like sets and still be aggressive. But like back then we were just wailing away. But like obviously it paid off. There's so many players that have come from the club and like have done pretty well. So I think that was kind of interesting that like, we were not super successful when we were younger because they were focused so much on like everyone being able to pass and everyone being able to play defense and all sorts of things like that. And then as we got older, we like moved our way up premier and started winning. And then it's like really that long-term athlete development thing that they talk about. So that's kind of cool. I think friend of the show, Dory Mantha, might have been the pilot program of that where I think they started it. Frank maybe started with them around 16U all the way to 18U. And then I think you guys would have gone through your whole yeah. pathway. With we were player, like but. the guinea pigs. I remember our 15U year, they took 30 girls we had three teams and we switched teams every OVA yes, tournament. So you were like found, found out your like Wednesday before the tournament who you were playing with that week. And it was like almost like being like drafted. Like sometimes they would put like the top girls on the lower team to like so that they would win the Trillium and like move them up to championship. Or like it was just crazy. <laughs> we were all over the place. So what did parents and athletes think of that with all the lateral moves where you could have easily made an A team in September or October and that's your team, right? But you guys did shuffle the deck right up until... I think the OVA is a deadline of February after your Yeah, I think lost, we had so. like one tournament together and then provincials. So are parents pretty open to this idea that like the B team is going to be pretty good here or do they want everybody to be on the A team and like be competitive like other sports? Like I don't think you'd see this model and say hockey or soccer, yeah. right? I think our parents were pretty chill. Like I think they were fine with it or at least like mine were. My parents are like, volleyball is so fun. I love volleyball. When volleyball's not fun anymore, like you can stop. Like <laughs> they're super relaxed about it. So I don't know. I think uh, since there's, there's only six kids on the court, I think it gives everyone a good opportunity to sort of mix around. You don't want like girls who have so much talent just sitting on the bench all the time. It's it's good to get a mix in there and work with new players. It's so, like such a young age, you might as well get new coaches, new teammates, learn. Honestly, it's about volleyball, but also at that age, I think my parents were concerned with me learning, like, life skills yeah. as well. And I think so. our coaches were, like, very good at communicating that. Like, they, all the parents kind of knew on the same page. And, like, none of our parents, I don't think, were super, like, volleyball parents. Like, it was the coaches and then, like, the parents. And they just listened. So I'm really going to put this explanation on loop. So whenever I have to explain to parents that I coach <laughs> what the long-term development is for their kids in 12U and 14U, I'm going to have a tape recorder just play it back because that was a really good answer. <laughs> and sometimes I want to throw my clipboard at parents because they want to know why their kid isn't starting. And I have to turn around to them and say, it's 13U Division 5. It doesn't yeah. matter who's in. No, it really doesn't. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, your gold medals will sit in the back of your, yeah. your closet. Yeah. Right. in a shoebox somewhere. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You won't remember if you don't get one either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think being from Ottawa, though, it's important to have a system that gets kids playing time, right? Like, speaking of Jackson Dunning, I don't think he got to play more than five tournaments his whole OVA career where he slept in his, whole, his own bed. Like, I think he had a hotel no, stay. Yeah. Like, could you guys guess how many times you were driving distance of your house versus having to stay in a hotel? Maybe twice in my whole yeah. club No, career. once me and my friend calculated how many hours we had spent on the 401 in our club volleyball careers. 
and it was I forget the number sadly, but it was crazy. So they have something that <laughs> it matters. Was days. They yeah. need to consider, right? Because if you're yeah. gonna travel and get a hotel room, your child better be on the court at least for a few points. Like you can't you can't yeah. drive all the way to London and not play points. Like that's just not fair to the family and to the kids. Yeah. Right? I love Ottawa, but my least favorite drive ever is Toronto to Ottawa, yes. or Ottawa to Toronto, because it doesn't matter if you leave at Wednesday at midnight, some <laughs> idiot is on the 401 doing something stupid, and you're just parked. And it sucks, and I hate it. And try doing that in February, and every other time you guys Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. The number of nights we would, like, drive two hours, and my mom was like, I'm done, like, we're staying in Kingston. <laughs> we're not even going to go all the way home. So let's get into, like, you mentioned the, the extra stuff you did, but how often would you guys lift weights? You mentioned the gym there with, like, these are professional people. You're not just in, like, a high school weight room, right? Like, you guys are monitored. There's an actual process to the, the weightlifting, and it kind of changed, like, what a 14-year was doing is not what an 18-year was doing. Yeah. So our years, we didn't have the separate gym yet. We would use the high school's gym that we were training at, but we had people who knew what they were doing, oh, okay. kind of actual strength and conditioning coaches. And then... Yeah, we also did like FMS testing, like functional movement about like which is like something that we're like only doing now at U of T is like mobility assessments and stuff. So to have started that at fourteen U is pretty crazy, I think. In um, my eighteen U year, I think they partnered partnered with Capital Strength. Um, but I lived in Toronto for half the year and I sort of commuted to Ottawa for practice. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't completely in that. Yeah, a bit of an odd situation. <laughs> I actually played with Josh at George. Well, didn't play with him. He was the coach at George Brown and I played with the, the men's team practice a little so bit. So made our two team very competitive in practice. Actually. <laughs> okay. It was very helpful. He elevated that uh, the the training skill environment. Of, yeah, <laughs> she sure. would have started if she was eligible. She just wasn't, you know, she didn't even go there. So we yeah. had to start. <laughs> <laughs> First barrier you have to cross. Doesn't attend the school, different gender. Yeah, it was really hard politically to get her to start. So we just couldn't pull that off. And then she left halfway through the year. So. Semantics and red tape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The only thing I remember about now is because they had sweet gear all the oh, time. Yeah. It was decked out in Mizuno. And high school Dallas was like a big Mizuno guy. So to see friend of the show, Joey Mantha, head to toe with like the Mizuno socks, which I thought was so mm-hmm. badass. Socks. And like everything full kit, super jealous. I think they're Nike now. They are Nike, yeah. yeah the year after I left or something like that. But we fought so hard for our long sleeve jerseys, finally got them by our 18 year. <laughs> Wait a minute, okay. <laughs> yeah. I played in long sleeves only out of necessity for cold weather. And like even then, it was like I really have to be uncomfortable playing long sleeves. I hate playing in long sleeves. Why do you like playing in long sleeves? You know when you like pass and you're wearing sleeves and it just sounds nicer? No, I know when I when I pass and like I can feel like oh that's coming off my arms nice. I don't even have to walk yes. in the center. It's coming off nice. No. no. Oh, long sleeves, sleeves. You put them on, you're like ten percent better at oh, least. God. <laughs> at oh god. I think I'm a thousand percent worse. <laughs> I'm with you. I always roll mine up and it's so bunchy. Wait, are you pro sleeve or anti sleeve? Anti sleeve. Okay, yeah. You're yeah. like you don't have sleeves. I don't. No, we, we just do. got new Under Armour. Oh. We switched sponsors. Oh, yeah. big things happening. Big All things. the sponsors are getting shouted out on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And yet <laughs> nobody can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure have yeah. <laughs> waiting for that Under Armour money now. <laughs> we, uh, me and Alita did contact them this year. We have these <laughs> terrible blue water bottles. So we've had them ever since. No, Powerade. They're Powerade. Powerade. So we contacted, so we contacted Powerade. Powerade. They, they leak when you drink them, or if you put them in your backpack. They, like, and they crack. Yeah. 
um, on the bus, your backpack's like falling over, you have water in it, obviously on the bus to drink. Your backpack's soaked. You put it on, oh my god, your whole back's soaked. Bottle leaked everywhere, it's terrible. So we tried to get new bottles. We emailed Powerade. No response. <laughs> okay, so a negative Wait a minute. <laughs> I just want to hold the phone here for a second. The way that you guys are talking, it's like, oh, it's not really a big deal. It's like, well, yeah, we didn't like our stuff, so we just contacted the major sponsor. I just said, hey, listen, I don't like what you're doing. You need to step your game up. Yeah, we I, asked for some free bottles, like maybe some Powerades, you know, and we could send those to us. Tried to make a play. Yeah, but then I think they misunderstood. They did respond, and they said, like, if you're looking for sponsorship, like, we already sponsor a lot of people. <laughs> like, listen, ah. jerk. <laughs> All I want is a functional water bottle, period. <laughs> or free. Yeah. Oh man, they didn't quite get it, but it's okay. You just don't get it, Powerade. <laughs> Good. So thanks for sharing some trade secrets with the Mavericks. Do you honestly feel like that helped prepare you for university? Like you were a step ahead of maybe some other clubs? Definitely. Having like been in the weight room before, that was huge. And like just knowing kind of what that's like. And then we were just like... I don't want to say like more technically sound, but kind of we had like the importance of like not just like getting big kills, but like we focused so much on like defense and like putting free balls to the right spot and like setting high balls. So that was really beneficial, like especially at U of T, we do that all the time with our Italian coaches. So that was kind of nice, I thought. I think starting at that good foundation, we had Bruce Dunning as our coach. Uh, he, he was really technically yeah, sound. Yeah, awesome. that, that definitely helps if you have a good coach from the beginning to get you those basics before you. Try to go into some fancier yeah. yeah. Chris, did you play with any Mavericks along that? I don't think at York we had a pipeline uh, of the Mavericks very much, but at Guelph maybe you would have had one or two? Because the men's side is developing So well. I'm just trying yeah. to think of all the heavy hitters that were my age that played university on the Mavs team. Chris Spack played at McMaster. Jory Mantha played at McMaster. Phil Goye played at Queens. Uh, Keith played at... Keith Yeno was a very good college player at yeah. the Uh Was Lorty on that team or was he a year older No, than there was one a year older than me and then one two years younger than me. Yes. Yeah. So Bruno was two years younger than me, he played at Laval, and Jeremy played at Laval as well. Yeah. Uh, who else? Chris, uh, Phil James played uh, at Western. Western yeah. Trying to think. I don't know if there was any Mavericks. Players that I oh uh, Nicholas Piernat and I crossed paths for yeah. a year, so when I was in my last year, he was in his first year. I think that might be the only one. Because as far as developing post-secondary players in both men's and women's, I think Mavericks is probably one of the better clubs in Ontario right now. As far as like I across consistently, both men. I think yeah. over the long stretch because like they've always been filtering in good players. Uh, when you look at Pac-Man, everyone talks about Pac-Man as like the premier club in Canada. They've only really been good for like, what, three, four years. Like when I was playing HNU, they weren't even sniffing at the door of Premier Division One or whatever you want to call it. I feel like they've been streaky. Like when they've been good, they've been real good. Yeah. And they haven't put it together as long as I'd say Mavericks. And I mean, there's other clubs who do it maybe on the women's side, like defense is really good or Halton's really good, but they haven't done it on both genders, I think, right. as well as the Mavericks have. I think there might be a difference like Ottawa versus Toronto. Like Pac Man could pull different kids from different areas. Yeah, there's but a lot more variability year to year. There's only two clubs in Ottawa, Mavericks or Fusion, and a lot of the... Yeah, if you're with one, you kind of stay with one, so... Turf War. Turf War. Yeah. <laughs> the stupid Ottawa Roos are out of the door, too. Yeah. Well, they got amalgamated with Fusion, right? Is that not what 
happened to Ruse? You guys are too young to know what Ruse yeah, was. Uh, they were my favorite jerseys yeah. when I was playing. <laughs> they were purple and silver. Wow. Oh, that's and their logo was like a nice silhouette of yeah, a kangaroo. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. good stuff. dating myself when we live here. That's <laughs> Colin Walker, if you're listening, I want a jersey. I know you've got one in your basement somewhere. Robbie oh, Earl, if you're listening, I want a jersey. <laughs> Uh, no, but I think it's true. I think that uh, what you guys talked about with like the high performance sort of model with uh, with Mavericks definitely uh, allows them to pump out a ton of uh, a ton of university players. Awesome, thank you. Hopefully, friend of the show Frank Sidney doesn't you know try to cancel our podcast with all the secrets we just gathered and we're going to spread around to other clubs. But I think when you run a coaching podcast, secrets get out, so it's fine. Right? Yeah, I guess he's going to release all the secrets that we had too. Our infamous uh, friend of the show, not friend of the show list. If that, not to segue off topic here, but if our enemy of the show list gets out, I think, I think things are going to go down. Now. Yeah, there's going to be some alleyway uh, confrontations, 100%. You know who you are. Names will be named, I think. Like, Names are known. <laughs> All right, well, we're back. Good. So, what are you guys looking forward to going into U of T this year? So, you're coming off a provincial championship. Uh, how many people did you graduate? Two. Two graduates, so big core coming back. A bunch of first years coming in, is my understanding. So, mm-hmm. tell us about U of T. What can we expect this season? <laughs> Me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I'm just super excited. It's my fifth year, so I just want to like have a super fun year. I think we can definitely do really well again. We, as you said, like most of our core is coming back, and then we have a lot of strong, I think, first years coming in. So I'm just excited to build off of. This past year, there's like five of us that have been around for like three or four years now, and we've been to OUAs a couple times, now won a championship together, and now been to nationals. So I think being able to build off of that and then hopefully being able to do even better at the national championships would be huge and a super nice way to finish my university career. Yeah, I think, honestly, Alina came into U of T and they won a national championship. Uh, why not engine off like yeah. that? Would that be nice? <laughs> yeah, Provincials was great last year, and it was my first experience at Nationals. I had a really good tournament, so I'm looking forward to going back again and yeah, yeah doing the same thing. Nationals was in beautiful Edmonton. I'll slip on yeah, <laughs> When we left Edmonton, I was like, maybe I'll never go to Edmonton again. Like, who knows? And then there it was, two months later. Got it. Now, does every year feel different? Because you mentioned you were on the team who won a national championship, and you've been there battling. I think you've been in Final Four every year. You've been there. So yeah, yeah. does every year feel a little bit different with people coming in or out, or is the culture of UT pretty consistent that it's you can kind of expect what's going to happen? Um, I think there's definitely a lot of similarities year to year. Like, they kind of blur together. Like, even when you're thinking of stories, you have to be like, well, who was the fifth year back then? Like, and to kind of place yourself. Because we do do a lot of things the same. And we kind of try and create, like, a very similar culture every year, like, at the core of it. And, like, how we play doesn't really change a ton. We have a super strong, like, I guess, like, U of T identity. So within that, I don't, don't think it changes too much, I feel like. But we just kind of, like, see what people we have and do the best we can with that. And obviously, listeners of the show would know how how strong of a career Christine Drake just had, but can you maybe speak to the energy that Vincenzo kind of brings to practice? I've never heard a a bad thing about him, but he's very tough, he's very intense, where I think he compliments Christine and the rest of the coaching staff very well. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's nice to have that Italian style sort of brought in, very technically sound, uh, but he also likes to crack a joke every once in a while, bring some light. Yeah, he chirps us all day. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, though. You need that. It's it's a good, like, breaks the barrier between coach and player a little bit. Uh, Yeah, it's so much fun. 
or like he's just he's very passionate like for what Italy lost in the World Cup soccer qualifiers or something and that day in practice like I've never had balls hit harder at me like it was ridiculous <laughs> like the anger like it's just so funny you never know what you're gonna get but in like the best possible way so yeah you have to be careful with your fashion choices he criticizes those too so <laughs> I like them already yeah <laughs> I feel like we have a lot in common when it comes to the joke department yeah no no Anna Fjord dyed her hair one year like in January and he like didn't love the color so he like comes up to her and goes you know what it's okay Halloween is so soon <laughs> it was January <laughs> Any other hot takes from that? <laughs> I guess high socks, you wouldn't want to be around that, eh? No. I feel like your your game wouldn't have worked well. Your shoe game, I think you had tights no. one year. I, uh, I had weird stuff. I used to change shoes in between sets. No. Yeah, I changed shoes in between sets. What's the purpose of that? She's superstitious. Super She's a little superstitious. Yeah, <laughs> a little superstitious. Yeah, if I wasn't playing well or like... I was in a weird spot where at Guelph I would play left side and then the next set play libero. Mm. Um, so I had like libero shoes. Yeah, if you change jerseys. Do such a thing exist? Take it, B. Do you have libero shoes? I think there are particular shoes uh, that are better for like moving side to side than jumping, maybe. <laughs> I had some weird choices. I, mean, I thought sadly Fee doesn't get to play left side. Yeah, so we don't know if she has the shoes. Not a true Santa size. I, yeah. I uh I wore wrestling shoes when I played Libero because I thought that they were super light and they would stick to the floor really well. Um but I also didn't realize how expensive wrestling <laughs> shoes were. So I was like, Oh, this is gonna be good, I'll get like a few pairs and I saw the price I won. I was like, Okay, I'll begrudgingly get one. I don't think it made a big difference. <laughs> But, uh, but you look cool. I looked cool. I wore tights too, which now a lot of people are doing and nobody gets made fun of. When I did it, uh, we talked about this on an earlier podcast. Someone from the crowd said, how basic are you? Basically saying, like, wear your Ugg boots. Like, why are you wearing black <laughs> like, tights? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, I'm really comfortable. And I, you know, I don't care if you don't care for my leggings. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm not salty about it at all. That's fine. Maybe yeah. that's our next question. Is there a tough place to play in the OUA or OU sports that you're kind of like, wow, those guys were really vicious? Honestly, I wouldn't say. Like, okay. no one really, like, there's some places I mean, when you're the sure. best, nobody really chirps. <laughs> I don't know. So. I like when it's loud. Like, you know, I don't really, like, notice anything else. But it's always fun to play in a loud gym, like, whether it's yeah. for you or not. Like, that just makes it more fun, I think. Honestly, at OUA's, uh, this past oh this yeah, past year, Garrison had fans. Yeah, but also the Guelph men's team sat right at the edge of the court. No, no, Waterloo, Waterloo men's team. Oh, sorry. Come I was here. almost happy that <laughs> I was almost happy that my alpha was doing something right. No, that's true. Yeah, Waterloo men's team sat right at the edge of the court, and you were passing the the left side right there, the, the chirping right at you, or in that's defense, true. I'm right in they, five, You could like they were so stuff. close, you could like touch them, like mm -hmm. they were right there, so you could really. Yeah, I can't remember where it was, but we have uh, we have food on our bench, like animal crackers, dried mangoes, whatever. And so there, were, I can't remember what school, but the fans like were Ken. pretty close, and they they would <laughs> we turned our uh, circle so that we the girls couldn't see the the fans because they'd be, hey give me an animal cracker, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that one giraffe? Like they they were yelling at us, pots and pans, like head. There, the fans are close. <laughs> I was really hungry that day. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's one I've never been to, and you wouldn't have been to as well. Oh, yeah. You're not missing that's much. <laughs> I've never been to Lakehead, I've never been to Trent, and I've never oh. been to Nipissing. Oh. Yeah. 
Nipissing has a good DJ. Shout out to What else are you going to do in Nipissing? What's the best part about the Nipissing volleyball program? The DJ. You gotta be known for something. Yeah. 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 I like, you know, when they play music between points, that's kind of fun. You don't do that. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alina, can you share some experience from. Um, we've talked about the new women's program and how Tombalak has changed a few things. Mm-hmm. You got to go to Vancouver and experience uh, BC training. You mentioned you were with, uh, before the show, excuse me, you mentioned you were with the B team. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of describe what's happening with our women's national team? What's happening on the West Coast? Did everybody. Include you where the vets really nice. Well, they're not even really vets anymore. They're like your age. Like, <laughs> the team's really young. So yeah, there are a lot more young ones than there used to be. Like my first ever year on the national team, I was like a baby, baby, and everyone was like way older. So now it's kind of more evenly spread out, I would say. But yeah, we before Fishu, which was in Naples, Italy, we went to Vancouver for two weeks to train. So our team was half B team girls and then half just girls playing Fishu. So we kind of had to be incorporated into that and like learn their system. So it was very different than like what I'm used to. The offense was way faster. We were swing blocking, which I like haven't done. So the first day I was absolutely lost and not look like I played volleyball. But we got there and then, yeah, we were just kind of thrown into their system and kind of worked through it with them. Um, the A-team was pretty busy getting ready for like a month-long trip to Peru. So they were quite busy. But we played the B-team and scrimmage with them every day and like would do skills with them. So that was pretty cool to be like incorporated into them and like in the weight room and stuff we were super welcome they had plans for us so that was really cool um and they like facilitated it really well for us they had billet families for us all set up so that was really nice nice and how was your billet family you obviously survived the two weeks yes my billet family was amazing there was three little kids they were 8 10 and 12 they loved volleyball um we would just pepper in the backyard it was so nice like being at home again didn't have to cook a single meal the youngest one was so cute my final dinner, she's this little eight-year-old girl. She like gets up to the table at the dinner rest- or at the restaurant, Cactus Club, West Coast Classic, dings her little glass, gives a little toast to me. I was like, you are the cutest little thing I've ever seen. So yeah, I'm sad to be gone, but I've always had a home in Vancouver, I guess. <laughs> so smart with the billets thing. I think yeah. it wouldn't work for the Beach National Team because one, you guys eat way too much food. <laughs> and you bring sand to their nice house. Yeah, no, they would Well, I mean, I'm listening to a story of being like, wow, did I ever pick the wrong side of the level here? Because I would love a billet family. <laughs> and I would love somebody to give me a toast. Yeah, Ain't right. No give me yeah, a anybody. Toast. I would love a toast. Yeah, right. I was shocked. I was, anyways. But yeah. I the think... mom was a massage therapist. Like, I was just well taken care of. Yeah. We, uh, I haven't really had that experience before, but uh, I'm quite jealous. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Yeah, and it's fun to have volleyball families where they're so excited to, like, ask you about your practices, and for the kids, like, that's what they want to do when they're older, so that's kind of a cool experience as well. So, I like that a lot. Yeah, this beats what Autumn told us about, because I think she lives with another player. I think she lives with Jesse, and China's on a houseboat. She didn't make it seem as glamorous, but <laughs> why live on your own when you can live with an awesome family? Yeah. I mean, why why toast yourself when you can have other people to toast you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if I was there for longer for two weeks, I would change my mind. But for the two weeks, it was perfect. Good sample size. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> um, so we'll wrap this up, but you guys have been awesome on this. What we like to do at the sort of the end of the tail end of, uh, of this is just talk about, like, what do you want to say, Josh? Precarious circumstances that volleyball has put you in. So... Um, What's a good one? Becky Pavin was on here talking about how her first year of pro, she flew all the way to Germany, didn't really know who she was meeting, and just jumped in a van because somebody told her to. 
Um, other people have stuck their hands in toilets because they dropped their phone overseas. Just like an odd situation. To yeah, some provided. people were put up yeah. at gunpoint. Um, uh, I don't have anything like that. Um, what was it? Maybe only beach players have the weird stories. Like we, we Billy Allen's got a good one. How he slept in like a promoter's tent at a beach event. That one. TJ had the funny one where now I. So when TJ was on, he talked about how every time they play Iran, they always get like messages in Farsi or Arabic that like they have to translate. Yeah. And they directly translate to like. The, the direct translation doesn't really work, but yeah. there are obviously not nice things being said. Yes, yeah. Um, so whenever he posts a photo, I'll go to Google Translate and like say something either really nice, like, TJ, you look great, and get it translated into Arabic, yeah, and then post it in Farsi or Arabic, and he'll always that's laugh and so like it, so funny. that's our new spiel. But uh, like any experiences you've had playing at UT or overseas that you're just like, wow, like, I can't believe that happened. Well, our hotel room got broken into in Italy this past oh, wow. <laughs> when we were just there in Naples. So there was four of us to a room, like the four little single beds, like crammed in one little room for two weeks living in there. And we had just gotten there, so we were all super jet lagged. And Caroline Livingston, who's on the B team, was in our room. And then, so apparently, the three of us, not Caroline, were all sleep talking, and she's awake in the middle of the night, jet lag, can't sleep. Three girls are on her sleep talking, so she's like going crazy, can't be in this room. So she like goes for a walk or whatever, like doesn't even have her accreditation with her, which is like already a big thing at Fiji. You can't go anywhere without your accreditation, like you'll get in trouble. Um, although Italy was way more relaxed than the last one, but um, anyway, so she like doesn't have her room key, but then this like man is like, okay, like. I'll open the door for you. He has like a manual key. So he like brings her up to the room and just like walks in and starts screaming in Italian. And there's the three of us who just like wake up and are like, oh my God, like I have no idea what's going on. But he's like in the hallway, so we can't see him. We just like hear an Italian man yelling at us. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and then Caroline, we just hear Caroline's voice going, it's okay, it's okay. And then for some reason, we just trust that and the, all three of us fall back asleep. And it's like nothing happened in the morning. We get this whole explanation from Caroline. She was wandering the halls trying to get into the room and everything. But I don't know why we just trusted her. Like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll go back to bed now. But yeah, I don't know what he was thinking, turning on the lights, yelling. But I guess that's what they do. Yeah. Who knows? They don't have an inside voice, I don't think. No. No, definitely not. <laughs> you have to handcuff them for that. When we were in Taiwan, it was similar to like the Farsi message. We would get so many messages that we would have no idea. Like somehow, all the Taiwanese found us on Instagram like very easily. And then just, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you guys stick out. Yeah, there. not at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just like the most ridiculous messages. Like, and obviously they weren't translating properly, but just like weird stuff. So that's never a fun time. Your dog is cow or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your face is dog cow. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, no, on the beach side, we say these messages in like very good broken English from like Austrians or like Eastern Europeans. Yeah. And uh, you'd lose a call, well, my MO was you'd lose a qualifying match and then you'd get like a message on, uh, I was about to say MSN, on. Um, <laughs> I'm dating yourself. I know, big time, <laughs> on Facebook. And it was like, you are terrible at signing out. Your beach volleyball is a joke. Bad. Like, just like oh okay like that doesn't make sense but that hit home thank yeah, you thanks. it's really interesting yeah. what people think they can just send you yeah. we'll have to get Melissa on she expressed after the first time she lost on the world tour she got turned by a guy who apparently bet on her in Victoria to win like a qualifier 
and just got <laughs> you like cost me thousands. Yeah, got paraded on Facebook by this random gambler. Like, oh, that's pretty funny. That's good. Anyways, the volleyball fans in the universe. They're uh, <laughs> passionate people. They are. They definitely like uh, success. Jumping on failure, it seems. Well, good. We won't keep them any longer. No, I mean, that was great. I really appreciate you guys taking the time, and uh, good luck with your season at UT next year. Thank you. Thank you. Another good one, Josh. Another great one, Josh. <laughs> I need a handshake or something. <laughs> they can't see that, but that was a really good handshake. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I think that's the first time I've ever touched you. <laughs> and with that, we're out of here. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Bye, Josh and Mom. Thanks for listening, and thanks again to Sophia and Alina for joining the show. We'll have to get both of them back on during the OUA season, and we'll have to do a follow-up on Alina winning the silver medal at Beach Nationals that she won after we recorded the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review, and remember the best compliment you can give the show is by telling your friends. Stay tuned for new episodes every Friday. Stay excellent, friends.